y'all it's your girl ag aka aspen and i am so excited for another episode of the blank project podcast where we are filling in the blank with whatever we need whatever we want, wherever we are in life. I'm so excited. It's my great pleasure to introduce Portia Clark Pickett. She is a wife, mother, mentor, and author, originally from Brighton, Tennessee, which is 30 minutes out of Memphis. She currently resides in Knoxville and has called it home for the past 13 years. She has a bachelor's in anthropology, a master's in social entrepreneurship with a concentration in Christian community development. Uh, Portia is an award-winning mentor through through the organization Girl Talk Inc., which is also located in Knoxville, Tennessee. And as of 2021, she has been celebrated for a decade of commitment to mentoring young girls in the Knoxville area. She even has an award that's named after her, Portia Clark. Pickett Mentor of the Decade Award. She has been married for four years, has a charismatic three-year-old daughter, and is the author of the amazing yet extremely challenging book called The Waiting Room, which we are going to be discussing today. Welcome to The Blank Project. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I am so excited. Like I talked about a little earlier, we have notes. We have sticky notes. We have different color markers. Um, we have all of it. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so the waiting room is, well, why don't you tell us what the waiting room is? So the waiting room is a seven-week devotional, and it is for single women who are navigating through their singleness, trying to figure it out. And what I've learned is that it is not just for single women. I've had men read my book and say that it has blessed them. And I have had married women say that they've read it and it's blessed them. But it is about just your journey um, of waiting, whatever you're believing God for. And my audience is single women, but at the same time, it can be applied to anyone that feels that they are in a season of waiting. Yeah. So, okay, here's jokes on me. I remember when... You first started talking about this book. We were marketing. Did I talk to you about it? Not really, but I saw it on social media. So I was really excited because everybody in Knoxville was like, and I had a friend, she had read the book, so on and so forth. And I'm like, oh, the waiting room, this is going to be like, you're waiting for your evolution, right? So I'm not thinking it's going to be about singleness. Mm-hmm. We will come back around <laughs> to this in a minute, but I was completely shocked. I was like, oh, but it was so good. And the format was so nice that I was like, well, I guess I'll keep reading. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, there, there are several times um, in this book where you talk about um, that God had been preparing you to write this book for many years. And then the pandemic happened and you put it all together. So like, what about 2021 specifically confirmed for you that this was not just necessarily the time to say, hey, this is what God has put on my heart, but also like shared with people, you know, didn't know and and bind it into a book. I know. So I had been writing for years and I was like, okay, I'm just taking notes here, you know, documenting. I would hear the waiting room over the years and be like, I'm supposed to write a book. I'm supposed to write a book, you know, but I keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. You know, my friend preached a sermon and I was like, oh my gosh, the waiting room. I got to write that book constantly. It's, it's coming up. And so I felt like if you're called to do it, it will keep calling you. It will mm-hmm. keep coming into your ear. And so last year, my mother-in-law wrote a book and, you know, I kept saying, oh, you know, it's time. I need to write this book. She inspired me. She was so encouraging. And I said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, I'll research it here and there. And then the pandemic happened and I had all this time on my hands. Like, we weren't going anywhere. Right. We weren't traveling. Even work was light. And I was like, okay, 
spent all this time and I remember God saying it's time right you have everything you need and literally I went to my closet and I found notebooks of just I am not a writer but there was a season in my life where all I did was write I documented what I was going through my emotions I was writing it down um even like just ran random notes that I just stashed away in the notebook and it was like oh my gosh I can use this for the book or I remember writing this down somewhere found it and so it was just it was time and I had time and my mother-in-law she connected me with her publisher Mm -hmm. and the thing about me I'm not a writer and I don't like to read I will own those two things yet I just wrote a book and now I have a job where all I have to do is read and I'm tired, but I love it. <laughs> but wow. she connected me with the lady and she helped me process my th- thoughts and she walked with me. And that's what I really needed. I just needed somebody to help me put it. And she had time yeah. and it, it, we could do it virtually. And so when he said it's time, but I also, I met with Pastor Arnold first mm-hmm. and he helped me kind of sift through some things because I was like, it's time. I feel like this is a message that women need to hear, you know, and I feel like I have enough to offer and I've been through the journey, you know, I'm on the other side of singleness. And so I feel like I can actually speak to it, Mm -hmm. you know, now. So yeah, girl, I just had time. That was it. I had time. I mean, the pandemic was a personal, I don't know if everybody took it as an opportunity, but it was an opportunity for a lot of personal development. Mm -hmm. And so if you are already kind of like faced with reality, and then this book comes along, which is essentially like, it's, it's really personal development. Like that's really what it is. Like it's calling you out. Mm -hmm. It's keeping you accountable. It's doing all of these things. And I just, it was the perfect time. Like it was the most ideal time and I'm so excited. And so for me, this was actually going back to what I said earlier, this is actually one of the few books about relationships and and singleness that I Mm -hmm. didn't cringe while reading. And I like, I have like a, there are like a very, very, very small amount of books that I've either bought or have been gifted to me about singleness or relationships, or maybe I start reading it and then I put it down and I never pick it up again. Or I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so corny. I want nothing to do with this. And I'm just like, "Mm, this is horrible. But this is one book where I was like, "Mm, wow, this is actually good. And I think one of the things that I really enjoyed was actually the format of the book. Mm -hmm. So you kind of start off with like, you start off with like a scripture, a quote, whatever to kind of bring it in. And then Mm -hmm. there's this, this excerpt of just reflection on your part. And then there's, I guess, what others would consider homework. Mm -hmm. You know, the questions that will probe you based on what you did before, but (laughs) One of my favorite things has to be, um, I really, there are two things that are my favorites, but I'm going to focus on this one. I really loved uh, the prayers at the end Mm -hmm. because it, you don't see a lot of that in devotionals. There's not like a prayer to seal Mm -hmm. what you learned. And it helped also reinforce like everything, every question, when you ask us to listen to certain songs, when you ask us to um, listen to certain spoken word, all of those things were cemented in some, like cemented in like in some way Mm -hmm. um, to reinforce what we were learning. So like, was the formatting of that very specific or was it just like, I don't know, this looked cute. So I'm just, no, it it was, it was very specific actually. Um, So um, I kind of got the format from a book that Craig and I read when we were dating. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that format because it held me accountable. I couldn't skip out because um well it was interesting the that book you had every day you had something and then at the week you had at the end of the week you had like a day where you did discussions right but I wanted us to do something every day 
Mm-hmm. I wanted you to have something to do every day because I don't like reading devotionals where you just read it yes. and then that's it because I forget what I read by the end of the day. But if I have a question or something at the end um, that kind of makes me think or that I can go back to, that helps me like really hone in on what I'm devoting, you know? Yeah. And the prayer, I was very strategic with the prayer because I was like, I need her to know that I'm talking to her. Right. And like, this is not just her reading my book. Like we're in this together. Right. And hopefully when she's reading this, she realizes she's not in the waiting room by herself, you know? Right. I, it was just very beautifully done. You talk about how you were writing this book. You came in contact with your publisher and that also kind of helped you figure this out. So once you had somebody to help you flush through everything about how long did it take you to actually organize this stuff on paper like after you accumulated all of your notes I think I started writing for real in May Mm -hmm. and you know life happened but I, I was done and I was completely done the manuscript was done in November wow because I had time and I had everything that I needed, you know? Yeah, I guess it, I mean, you already got the foundation. Really, we out here having fun. You want to (laughs) put, you want granite in your kitchen or what? Like, right. So yeah, it didn't, it didn't take long, but I had to be intentional and I had gotten to the point to where I was like, we're not going to keep talking about this. Right. We've talked about this for years. Yeah. I know me and I was like, Portia, for once, you are going to start something and finish it because I have a really bad habit <laughs> of starting projects and, not and, not finishing finishing them. and this was the one that's, that's why I'm so proud of myself because it's like, Portia, you did it, right? You did it. Like you finished it. You've talked about this for seven years and you actually did it. I just, uh... I felt so accomplished in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Two things. I said two things. I really like the prayer and because it really cemented things. And most importantly, um, the book calls for accountability in the form of encouraging the reader or, you know, the devotee, if you will, to have a conversation with a trusted individual each day or, and also, in one of the sections, it talks about having um, a spiritual mentor. Mm-hmm. So what kind of accountability partners do you believe that people should seek out? Like, what are some key things where you're like, mm, good accountability partner or somebody's like that? And you'll be like, run the other way. <laughs> Not a good idea. So I can share my accountability partners. Mm-hmm. So my people are people. One, the best accountability partner is someone who will not always agree with you. They will correct you when you are wrong and they will agree with you when you are right. Yeah. They will love you. And they, one thing I appreciate is that my people have learned me and like we've learned each other. And so we know how to handle each other. And so I go to my accountability partners when I know you probably wrong. You probably wrong for that. But you, I just need somebody else to tell me that I'm wrong. Right. Or I go to them when you right, you know, you right. But then they tell me I'm wrong. Right, right. It'd be like, I thought I was, I thought I was right. I thought I was right. Yes. And you're telling me something that's the opposite. I don't understand. And it always comes from a place of love. And I've learned to, because we've learned each other, we've had these conversations and at first they were hard, but Mm -hmm. now they're easy because Mm -hmm. I know she's just getting me together. Right. Out of love. And, And I think a lot of times we don't like people to hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. We don't like people to correct us yeah. when we're wrong, but I think that is what makes friendships work. And that's what makes relationships work. Right. You're not always going to be right. And right. I remember one time the HR director at one of my jobs, she was like, sometimes it's you, you the problem. <laughs> and I was like, and you, you were like me. 
I know who's like me. She said, yeah, sometimes it's you. It's not, it can't always be other people. Right. You know, right. but, um, but yeah, I think you have to um, find people who love you, who are going to love you hard, but also uh, be honest with you. Uh, I also really love the fact that you were talking about, you were encouraging us to have accountability partners because oftentimes, like I said, I've seen a lot of books. People talk about this. I, I'm in the middle of a bunch of friends that are getting married, have families, things are established, mm. people that are like deeply yearning to be in a relationship. And then there's me in the middle who's never actually like when people they say like I daydream or you talk about like I dreamed of the day that I would be mad. It was like a deep desire for mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, it's cool if it happens. I don't it's have cool a deep desire. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm still going to travel regardless and things like that. And so I think <laughs> the accountability partner is really good, not only because obviously they're going to tell you when you're wrong and when you're right, but also because I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But when people usually talk about singleness, there is so much shame around it. Mm-hmm. Like if you decide, I don't know if I want to get married, so I'm just not going to get married. Then it's like, if you don't get married and have kids, what are you going to do? What's going to be your legacy? What mm-hmm. all this other stuff? And then you feel like um, you have to be pressured into certain situations, I remember I was dating someone and we had been dating for a while and it just kind of seems like the natural next conversation should be, oh, we got to talk about marriage. We got to do all this stuff, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it was around that time when we were discussing all all of these things that were considered like like stability or like grown up decisions Mm -hmm. in that where I- yeah, these next steps, these yeah. like re- elevation. I was like, I slowly was like, I don't, I don't want, I don't really, I don't really want this. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my personal, in my personal prayers, I was just like, you know, like I am really scared to leave because um also in this book, um, I'm really afraid to leave because I just don't believe that. I will find someone or I like somebody will want to be a part of my life with how I am. And so mm-hmm. this is the best that it's going to get. Yeah. So I have to just stick with this and I have to force myself in the space of, I want to get married. And so I was like really getting into this space and um, I went in, I, I prayed and I was just like, look, I really don't want to be here but I don't have the scrimp to leave on my own. (laughs) Yeah. So if you could just mix some things up, do what you do, do what you got to do. So I don't have no other, like to a point where I don't have any other option, but to leave, that will be greatly appreciated. And so when the relationship finally was over, um, my dad like was looking at me (laughs) He was like, you're so calm. And I was like, yeah, because I have peace about this situation, right? Because I wasn't dealing with the shame of singleness. And so for you that are, you're around other single people, like what is something that you try to do to kind of keep them from feeling ashamed because either they don't want to be married or like they were in a position that you were in before where they're like, I got to get married. I'm tired. The clock is running out. I did a babies. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends that are still single, I think they have that desire. Um, but I've encouraged them enjoy your singleness because when you get married, that's your first ministry. That's your life. You're devoted to him and your kids, if you have them. And so in, I, I think because I spent so many years focusing on marriage, I missed some time enjoying my singleness. Wow. Because I was, I was seeking marriage. 
you know, I was looking, you know, when pastor said, you're going to meet your husband in Knoxville, baby, I was on high alert. Just anybody. Look where he at? Where he at? Exactly. Is it you? Um, and so I encourage all single women, enjoy it. He'll yeah. come when he come. Right. You got to trust God's timing because you don't want anything out of its season. Right. And so I'm really big on just trust the seasons, trust the right. process, trust the not yet. That's, that's my whole word. Trust the not yet. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> now here's the one, here's the one in the two. Okay. I'm on social media. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes on social media, people who talk about abstaining or maintaining celibacy, you know, until marriage, it feels very cheesy. Mm-hmm. It feels like um, a lot of the reels and TikToks and I, you just be like, oh, did you really have yeah. to do this? Right. Yeah. So what are, um, are there, what are some real truths about the decision either to abstain or to, to be celibate? Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you choose one or the other, you could talk about one or the other or both. What is some, advice that you typically would give singles in that mm-hmm. okay so let's break this down start with the first question I'm one of them okay. idiots. <laughs> so what are some real truths about the decision to either abstain or be committed to celibacy it is hard <laughs> that's just the honest truth it is hard it is hard when everyone around you is not living in that or if you, you start out with this circle, and this is my reality for real, you start out with this group of people who y'all commit to do this together, you're going to wait, and then years go by, life happens, mm-hmm. and they falling off, and it's just like, here I am by myself, by myself, do I keep going, you know, because I'm, I'm gonna be honest, there was times where I was like, maybe I just need to do it to get it over with, you know, <laughs> find a trusted friend. Let's just do that, you know, but it's like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, no, it's not test driving a car. Like just to say, you know, I did it one time. No, because Um, you don't want to be left out. Exactly. But it but it is hard. I think for me, I had to keep the end in mind and I didn't want to get I didn't get caught up in. Well, I didn't allow myself to get too caught up in current emotions, feelings, you know, feeling left out. Um, just the what ifs, like, you know, I don't know. I just, I had to keep the end in mind. And I think one of the things that I appreciate more, and this is, this goes back to friendships. I've, I've been, you know, talking about abstaining since I was in middle school and throughout from middle school up until now, I've never had a friend shun me for my decision it, they respected that you they did what they did but they respected you know my decision and I appreciate that no matter how we argue fell off it was not one time that I have ever had a friend and so I think who you surround yourself with matters yeah especially when it comes to this because you need people who are gonna support you and encourage you and you know be like bro shut up you ain't gonna do that you know, <laughs> you gotta have people. You gotta have people. So that leads into the advice that you would give singles. You t- you have a section that is specifically talking about friendships mm-hmm. and reinforcing that you need to have people that are accountable. You need to have relationships that aren't centered around romance or anything like that to like keep you um focus so Mm -hmm. the friends and then just acknowledging the fact that it's difficult um is that part of the advice you would give because there's also a part in here where it talks about how your now husband had a rule yes yes explain the rule (laughs) because I was like (laughs) yes girl and it made me mad because I was like we are literally having a really good conversation. One day it was a good conversation. One day it was a good movie. And I was like, 
So what happened <laughs> was, you know, I used to get the movie from the red box. Yes. Well, I had to keep it another day. Yeah. Because we had to come back and finish it the next day. So that was extra money. It, went, it is extra money. It's like, first of all, if, okay, so the rule is anytime after 11. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, he has to go ahead and deuces. Like, if I was at his place or he was at mine, we had to, we had 11 to, o'clock, like 1059, you need to start putting your shoes on because yes. 11 is happening and the show is over. And so I had never heard that scripture before. I had yeah. never had anyone, you know, check me because, you know, I'll, I used to have dudes that would spend a night like, yeah. you know, and we kick it or they'll be there till two and three. And he was like, no. He said, we don't want anyone to assume anything because when you doing that walk of shame in the morning, Lord help us people. Yeah. I think we've all done it. Yes. But also, it's also, it comes with the assumption that you did something. Exactly. But like sometimes I just, sometimes I just fall asleep and I have I literally just fell asleep. Everybody knows that I will sleep anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> it is my best and worst quality. And there are many times in life where I was just like, I'm going to go to sleep. It's too big. Like I'm overstimulated and my immediate coping mechanism is just to fall asleep anywhere. And so I remember walking out of somewhere and just, I made eye contact with someone Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, they probably think that I left this specific person's house. And I was like, I would never do that with him. I really, like, I think of him as yeah. my brother. That's ridiculous. Yep. But then I was like, dang, that's probably what this looks like. My yep. teeth, my brush. I just, I mean, I don't have no spend the night bed. <laughs> but you got on yesterday's clothes. I have on yesterday's clothes though. I, and I was just, feel, I just sit there like. Oh, and is- I think it, it just, it keeps things pure. Yeah. Um, It keeps it honest and you are who you you people think that you are like people can never say you know Craig and Portia you know they they did all this no there's no evidence we didn't leave room for that we didn't leave room for anybody to doubt the purity of our relationship yeah yeah okay Okay. here we go okay So we've talked about this in private and I feel the same way about this topic that you do. And it's the conversation about sex. So I just choked on the word. (laughs) I said it out loud, which is so odd because I grew up around parents who like, they weren't really, really open, but like we were having clear conversations about what it was and all of this other stuff. And I know normally like some people don't have that experience. Like there's never like a birds and the bees conversation. It's just kind of like, you're going to figure it out how you figure it out. We, well, we didn't have it. It happened at a church event. Like it was like some type of abstinence class at church, but then they did a sex ed class at school. So I kind of put two and two together together on how that was going to work itself out. And you were like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm pretty sure my mama was like, yes, I don't have to have that talk. <laughs> probably, probably my mom, my granny had um, a lot of daughters. And so um, my mom is the second to last. So there were a lot of conversations that my granny wasn't having because she was like, I got all these other daughters, like mm-hmm. a job, like tag yeah. it. I'm not yeah. dealing with this anymore. So she got a lot of her conversations from my older aunts. And um, but as a the oldest sibling, I don't I didn't get that honor of being able to get that, mm-hmm. you know, that privilege and Um, There are a lot of nurses in my family. So I got a very in depth, Mm -hmm. just, it was a biology class. And I sat there and I was like, I, I am 12. (laughs) You just laid a lot on me. Like, this is, this is a lot. I don't even, I don't even have these feelings or urges, if you will. That's what you're calling them. Yeah. So for those that are practicing abstinence until marriage, for those of you that are not aware or no celibacy till marriage, not abstinence. Um, what's a piece of advice that you'd give them as they prepare to be physically intimate? Wait, what? wait. So say for, so this person, say for instance, <clears throat> this person has never had sex before. Okay. They are getting married. That's abstinence. 
Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Accident. Accident. I got them switched. Yeah. Okay. Got okay. 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 We're back. I knew I was right. Why did I turn it around and say I was wrong? You know what? That's the devil. So abstinence. We're painting, okay. blah, 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 blah. It's we married. Yeah. What what you telling yeah. people? <laughs> um mind your business. Tell people to mind their business. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it is, it is so, in all honesty, it is a, it's definitely like a scary experience because here it is, I'm grown, I'm not this teenager, yeah, and I'm experiencing this for the first time, I don't know what to expect, you know, um, you hear but, things from other people, especially people that were already sexually active, so it's like, I don't, you hear stories, and you're yes. thinking like, okay, is it gonna, at the end of the day, what happens is between you two. And I think that is the biggest thing is that you keep it, you keep your marriage and your sex life between you two. <laughs> DC, no. <laughs> and I'm serious because I feel like people, you know, when I came back from my honeymoon, everybody was like, mm, and I'm thinking like, mm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're mm for, but yeah, like, it's still none of your business. It is none of your business. And, but honestly, it wasn't a lot of people. It was maybe a couple of people that had that, but everybody knew it was like, come on now. Right. You know, but I'm very private when it comes right. to that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just go in. I don't even know what to tell somebody. I mean, what, what's some advice that you would have liked to hear? (laughs) I think you're going, so don't go in with this pre, you know, this visual of what you think is going to be. Right. What you've seen in the movies, what you've seen, if you, if you watch pornography, yeah. you know, what you've seen on those things, because nine times out of 10, that's not going to be your reality. Right. I feel like God writes everybody's love story different. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to look different for you guys. Yeah. That's so nice. that's really yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just go, go in, go in with love. That's really <laughs> it. Go in with love. Try your best kiddo. <laughs> we're rooting for you we're rooting for you <laughs> so we're rooting for you in the future wherever you are and so you um you have one of the most charismatic children bishop yeah. the church mother oh, just Jesus. standing at standing at barely the height of my kneecap maybe a little bit more mid-high yeah. if you will what is uh what do you pray your um, child takes away from your story when they begin dating, if they so choose? Um, so what, okay, so I've watched social media become very much embedded into the lives of children and teenagers as it's gotten, you know, more popular. Yeah. And um, there is so much more in their reach that we didn't get until we were older that mm-hmm. they can get at a much younger age. And so I pray that Carrington sees that there's a different way of doing things than what you see on social media, reality TV, what, you know, these music artists portray. There's right. a different way to carry yourself and there's a different way um carry yourself but there's a different way to date right because you don't have to sleep with somebody on the third date right you know you don't have to live with somebody before you get married right you know like there's a different way of doing things and in doing that you avoid a lot of the um, unnecessary things that we have to go through so you know possible baby mama drama (laughs) STDs, you know, financial constraints. It's just, there's a different way to do it. And I wanted, I wanted young girls and and my daughter to, to know that you can do things God's way. Yeah. And still be cool. 
Right. You, you can still have fun. You can still be you. But remember that you're precious, like you're valuable. And so can't nobody, can't no man convince me that if you love me, you'll have sex with me. No, 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 no. I can love you and not have sex with you. If you love me, you'll pay my student loans. How about well, that? Well, <laughs> pay this car note. No, no, because I know people that do that don't say no. Oh yeah, no. Please pay my student loans. Pay yeah, pay the student loans. (laughs) Just one. I mean, I'm not picky. I'm going to give you the biggest one, but just one. No, you got to pay all of them. Well, by the time if you pay the largest amount, if you pay the lot the one with the the biggest amount, then I'd be able to handle the two small ones. Mm, I'd be sick. You know, I I I'm partially we are partially responsible, not the rest (laughs) of it. So. This is kind of interesting because I usually ask all the questions okay. and all this. <clears throat> well, do you have any more questions that, you know, because I, I mean, notices. I have notes. I do have notes, but I want to know, do you have questions for me? Because I have, <laughs> I have, I have critiques, not critiques, but I have, there were some of these exercises that were mm-hmm. a little bit more challenging for me. Okay. That's real. Uh, specifically one of the main ones is like the letter to my husband or my future you know part like my Mm -hmm. partner whatever and that was really hard for me because that was it hard because at first I was like this is like for me I was like this is dumb right yeah and then the other part of me was like I'm not even really sure that I want to get married so why am I wasting my time because I was like I was like if I'm going to write this letter, I don't want to type it out. I want to handwrite it. I'm mm-hmm. like, why am I going to spend time theoretically cramping up my hand for something that may not even happen? And so then I was like, no, like complete the assignment. And I started writing and then it went from some out. Like I started off with, I don't know if I'm even going to get married, but I guess if you see this, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a mix of like sarcasm and like mm-hmm. and then like I got to a point where I was like I really can't do this like I really can't I really can't like fully get into this like that and it was really difficult for me because I felt like I was almost doing the the book a disservice and I I think there was a little bit of shame that came with that not because like you wrote it in a shameful way, but like I was like, dang, I can't get can't get to the end of this day. Like I don't really know what to do, and I guess partially is uh, another reason is just like, well, I guess I'm gonna get personal. Um, I a lot of I had I'm very private also, and um, I've dated people and um oftentimes I feel like in my friendships and the romantic relationships that I've been in I feel like it's been one-sided in that I spend a lot of time giving a lot of time investing a lot of time doing things for other people and I have I don't I don't believe that I've ever been in a situation with someone from the romantic lens where I thought, oh, this is mutually beneficial. So let me ask you a question, because based on what you just said, I feel like you're dating the same type of person. They just look different. Yeah, and they probably do. And I, but also, but like also at the same time, like I said, like, I feel like there's only a certain type of person that I just thought of something. Um, I am, I am gravitating towards people that are broken Mm. because then I will feel less broken. Wow. And I will feel better about myself 
because usually in the, the situations that around the time that I, I was dating these people, I did not necessarily feel my best. I wasn't my most confident. Um, and there was a lot of shame around who I was as an individual, like even it was shame around the way that I chose to grieve when I experienced death. There were there was shame around, um, you know, I have a mental illness. And so like I tried to do everything from a real natural standpoint without using medication. And so then when I introduced medication into that and at some point in time, it would come up in conversation automatically the way that they look at me as if mm. like, I have terminal cancer. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, then I'm not that I have to, I have to hide that part of me because yeah. who wants to be in, who wants to be in a relationship with a quote unquote crazy person? And I don't like that, whatever, yeah. but it's usually what that comes with right in my head. And I think that's kind of another part of the reason why I was really part, it was really hard for me to write that letter because I'm like, but why? Like, yeah. So is it your heart's desire to get married or are you still sifting through that? I think I'm still sifting through it. I think the book, the book did, the book did a real good job of opening up me more so towards if this happens then glory be to God but also if it doesn't happen then glory still be to God um (laughs) and but then I think about it I talk to my best friend and I'm like you know she travels all the time with her husband they go hiking all over the place yada 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 and I'm like dang that would be cool if I had somebody to hike with like if I had somebody to like fly to Seattle and just go right these mountains you know every you know like not even yeah just be like it'll be cool if I don't have to sift through all of my friends to come eat at some random hole in the wall because I already have this person that is like oh yeah let's just go eat it yeah hole in the wall or whatever and so I think um I thought about those things while reading and I was like dang I don't know if I'm still not really sure on marriage, but I'm probably more open to the idea that it will, if it happens, it's cool. Okay. So you refer to yourself as broken. Have you started your healing process? Um, I started it a little bit before reading this book. And then when you talked about either like if you were working through your healing process or you need to start you did actively talk about that and I was like oh dang maybe I need to um be more intentional and like really grasp the concept of what it means to have a healing process like what does a healing process actually look like for me Mm -hmm. and identifying the things in which I need to be healed from Mm-hmm. because I can say anything, but if I don't necessarily need healing in that area, then I'm just playing around. <laughs> yeah, that's real. To make me feel better because I need less healing in that area, which means I will feel less broken. And it then it becomes like a cyclical, you know. Little yeah. So, I, yeah. <clears throat> okay. okay. So are you you're still continuing it or you, you say you started but where uh, are you? I, you know, I'd be starting and stopping, you know, what I'm saying? you know, like when you be working out for a couple of weeks, days. And then like, you know, you go in new year, new me, and then you start going to work out all the time. And by mid-March, you're not going to the gym no more. So like sometimes, sometimes things are easier than others. And I think what's really important is to go back and number one, read the things that I wrote the first time. And then confirm if those things are what I meant or if it was my immediate response because it was fight or flight. And so that was just kind of that. I think that's kind of sort of where I am. Let me see. Let me. Let me. Well, I was going to say, I think 
in in pursuing healing you may get answers to questions that you didn't realize you were seeking an answer for hmm. <laughs> not that you hit me with the hmm. so i just i i didn't have nothing else to say so i just hit it with the hmm. oh but i will say okay so in week three on day four it's lord help me maintain lord help me and um it says who or what one of the questions was who or what are some of the triggers that cause you to start doubting and becoming discouraged in your faith walk and this was one of my favorites because especially in the faith especially in the faith um section it was like it wasn't really focused on relationships. So I really felt like I could drag myself more without having to think like, if I'm doing this book, if like I'm reading this book, I, my fear is that I am going to want to be married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like it's somehow going to hood, hoodwink me into thinking that I was going to be married. And so like, um, one of the things like that I feel like trigger me to doubting or becoming discouraged is that because of not necessarily with my family, but there are other people that have been around me that will focus on where I lack. Uh-huh. And then I will feel like I have to prove them wrong. Yeah. Oh, we all do that. And then I, I overexert myself and then my mental health comes into play. And so then now all this other stuff is happening and then it becomes things are going the way that I thought. And then it becomes, oh, where those people were right. Right. Yeah. About where I was lacking. And I wrote that down and I shocked myself while writing that down. I would, I had to put the pen down and just walk away. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm. a lot of the times, especially in it's, I'm going through a very intense season right now Mm -hmm. and it includes really asking questions about the relationships that I want to have and analyzing the relationships that I am currently in. And, um, if like my word, my word for 2021 was safety Mm -hmm. because I want to be able to feel safe. Because when I'm safe, I'm able to be myself. And so it, it's kind of hard because I'm thinking of people that I've known for a very long time. And I'm realizing, oh, well, well maybe I wasn't as safe in those situations as I thought I was. Are you, prepa- are you okay with relationships dying? Um that once we're safe if you would have asked me this like nine months ago I would have said no um but there's a certain amount of peace that I'm having about the boundaries I'm setting Mm -hmm. that is providing me with something that I didn't know I needed or even some old friends that I had that I'm coming back to. And I'm realizing, wait a minute, like there's safety yeah. in these spaces. And I don't like, it's like, I mean, girl, it's whatever you want. Like I have a childhood friend and we have known each other since before our parents even started having kids. Like we were not alive and yet we knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> And I always thought she was cool, but also I was like, mm, we never going to be close friends. So on and so yeah. And now as full grown adults, we are close friends. I see her as she helps me. She's a designer. So she is my, my personal shopper. My body has changed exponentially since I've been older. I've gotten older. Once I hit 25, my body was just like, okay, so we're just going to be completely different. Don't know what to tell you. It's a mess. And I was like, I've never looked like this before. So I don't really know how to navigate this. And I told her point blank, this is where I am. And she took me to the store and she was like, don't have any anticipations. Tell me what you like and just pull it off. Like we don't have to buy it. Just pull it off the rack. Mm -hmm. And I went to go try on a bunch of clothes and 
I felt the most attractive that I had felt since I love it. I, I was gotten there. And then I was like, dang, I never even had this experience with being confident. Because you went in with no expectations, right? No, no blueprint of what right. you should like, what you should wear. Right. And you loved yourself even more. I did. That's I, real. And I was really grateful for that. So is that how we need to go into dating? We don't need to be looking at, you know, IG relationship goals. Right. No, no. They're they're not the blueprint. All right. I'll, okay. I'll take that on the chin. I really you walk take- myself into that. <laughs> <laughs> but you loved yourself more in that moment. True. Because you you weren't, you just, you knew what you liked. Right. And you picked it up. Right. And you and had now- somebody there to support you. Right. To bring it full circle. Well, uh, sorry, y'all. We have to end the show because I'm <laughs> out. No edges. They were barely there in the first place when I get my hair cut, but I'm definitely done just over with. Oh my gosh. I just, okay. Yeah, you're right. I'll go ahead and take it. I'll, I just, I'll date more this year. Actually, I'm not. Oh, you know, and then I just, I want what I want you and other singles is date your way date how you want you you are relationship goals nobody else is that you build you build it there is no god well the blueprint is christ in the church that's the blueprint right but other than that because we get too caught up and we have to look like this and we have to do this and and that may not work for you right true Cause if I could have an arranged marriage, I'd be really happy. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm so serious. I would have a trusted committee of people I know would have my back. Literally, my dad, cause he would do like spiritual development, so on and so forth, blah blah blah. My mom is an accountant, so she makes sure he wasn't broke. Yeah, so like those two people come together, <laughs> and I'd be. But, but, and that's great. But a lot of times, and I'll say this. That's all cute and that's good, but is he what you need? Well, yeah, no, I just need the setup to be in a range. Oh gosh. And then I'd be a trap. There'll be a trial period where I'd be like, mm, do I really want this or not? Nope, and then nope, nope. Like, if we're good, then we're good. We're good. We continue with this arrangement. And if not, then we're not. And please forget where I live. So I think <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. I have actually told somebody that I was like, look, this is not what it is. Please forget my address. Forget where I live. Don't forget where I live. Don't ever come back. Don't ever come back. <sighs> Do you have any more questions for me as a reader of your book? Yes. So how did you feel when you got to the final chapter? Okay. Let's start at day seven of purpose. Because the first question is, if God placed you back in the waiting room as it relates to dating and life, how will you react now compared to before? And I legitimately wrote, I would be fine because one show don't stop this pony. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's the best answer to this question. I just, (laughs) and then you asked what my emotional, uh, what my emotions were experiencing. What emotions are you experiencing now that I reached the end of the book? And I did, I went into depth about how I really changed my ideas about how I viewed relationships. And I went on to talk about how that there's no problem with waiting, the problem like because also you talked about that I forgot where it may have been on day seven I'm reading quickly and um it was about the difference between being in the waiting room and being stagnant Mm -hmm. and you know I was really that really stuck out to me because if you're constantly waiting for your spouse or whatever which you aren't doing nothing else exactly 
with how do you expect to be ready to have a partner if you don't have what you need to exactly. have a partner like don't be walking into this situation this person has been doing the work on their own mm-hmm. and you can't lift the weight exactly. so they have to they had not the weight weight but like, like, come on I hear yeah. you you're preaching yeah you're preaching oh, like, so then they have to pull more of the weight and then it becomes resentment mm-hmm. and then it you it reflects in other areas y'all arguing all the time you end up divorcing you didn't want to be divorced mm-hmm. you end up you know you end up in a whole bunch of situations yes. that end up in and then you end up back in the waiting room and you frustrated and you yeah, mad frustrated because you were like i thought this is what i was supposed to have and god revealed this to me blah 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 yada 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 and then God looks at you like, okay, yeah, I revealed it to you, but then you went and closed your eyes. Like you didn't go look forward. You mm-hmm. just sat there on the porch expecting things to change. Yeah. You just and you were just in the rocking chair doing nothing, not watering your grass, not cleaning the car, not doing faith nothing. without works is dead. It is. And that's, so, that's Bible. I I just, I mean, look, I just mm. Yes. So that is, that is really what I I want women to learn how to wait well. Yeah. And in waiting well, you're not just waiting and you're, you're in a good mood. No, that means you're working, you're serving, right? You are doing all the things that God has told you that you need to be doing in this season. Also another thing, which is like really, In the well done or medium rare, mm-hmm. uh, you talk about someone using the um, example of like uh, having a well done straight steak in a medium mm-hmm. fresh steak. And the whole time I was thinking is like, if it's a good steak, you don't want it well done. Like I understood the vid, like I understood what was being said, but it took me like two minutes to circle. You had back. to get past the visual. I had to, I had to get past. I was like, cause a good steak, I don't eat beef anymore, but a good steak, you want like a little line of pink, you know? No, just- you don't. What? You do yeah. not. It's not, it's not that. Well, I don't eat steak, but I don't want no pink. Either. Oh Lord. <laughs> Deliver. <laughs> <laughs> not deliver <laughs> and I don't even be eating meat like this but when I did even say I was like oh just a little bit you know Mm-mm. I'll tell them too and I was very specific but um when they but, add, you add I mean go ahead well go ahead I want to see what you're gonna say about this page yeah go ahead and finish the sentence uh okay you referenced Matthew 25, 14 through 29, mm-hmm. which if anybody is not going to read it, is about talents. Just make it, I'm just saying, uh, the, I, I'm trying to put this in layman's term. Your boss give three people some money. Mm-hmm. So one person gets, one person buried the money. The other person go invest, the other two people invest in money. So they double, double blessings. Um, and so then your boss come back and be like, yo, what did you do with what you had? And they were like, oh, I doubled it here. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I increased this here. And then there's old boy who buried his cash and was like, I was scared. So I ain't do nothing. And that struck out to me because I was like, oh, I'm not using my talents. Mm. I'm not fully like focused on what I could do I'm like oh like it's a difference between you being good at doing things and then you exercising what you're good at Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I could be focused more on that especially in my singleness when I don't have to think about separating my time between my spouse or yeah everything else or everything else like like I want to I mean I'd be traveling already i want to travel more in my singleness because there is a joy that i get out of randomly buying a ticket and not asking anybody or consulting i'm not consulting i'm not consulting with anybody about their schedule or if it's the best fit mm-hmm. you know i just go buy the ticket and mm-hmm. i make sure that somebody can either drop me off at the airport 
or something. I Uber there. Why Uber there? Like, but I live, the airport is like 10 minutes away. I'm not Ubering for like- Oh, you can walk, sis. Not walk. Not really, not but walk, I hear but you. But also, yes, walk. I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> but like, that's how it is. And so that kind of, aside from the steak analogy, that really stuck out to me. Um, and then also in the faith chapter on page 50, you talk about um, listening to Oceans by Hillsong. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't listened to that song in a very long time. I went and I listened to it again. And I was just like, um, when you were asked, what do you hear God saying to you? One of the things that's most important for me, especially right now, is that I'm not in control and that's okay. Mm. But I need to trust the person, you know, trust the being that created me in knowing that God knows exactly what's best for me, right? And then, I, you know, I continue to talk about how um, I was fearful that I wouldn't be good enough or I'm work, I'm, um, but I want to be able to work towards some, I want to be able to work towards continuing and not stopping over and over again, just because I'm afraid. I want to be able to do it afraid. I want to not be afraid of the big box, like the big box that I feel like I don't deserve. I want to be able to have that anyway. Why don't you feel like you don't deserve it? I don't know. I think it's just insecurities Mm -hmm. and like working through certain things. And like, I, like, as I have grown into adulthood, it really, I don't know. Things just don't, they don't look how I thought they would look when I was 12 years old. Girl, no, they don't. And these bills, these bills be billing. But I also want you to live in a place of I deserve for good things to happen to me. I deserve good things. Right. And so because I am a child of God, and so I talk about this in the book about living below our privilege. Mm, yes. Sometimes um, we don't, we allow the world to convince us that we can't have access to certain things, whether it be because we're black right. or because we come from this place or because that's them, that's how they do things, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, no. If it aligns in God's will, if it's my heart's desire and it's in his will, I can have it. But with that, there are things that he's requiring me to do. Right. And so once again, accountability. Yep. Want God to bless you. You're going to have to do what he said. Do. I love it. So this is actually the first time I've actually dove into the book with somebody after they read it. This is fun. I know. Okay, so the podcast. I'm gonna cry. No, don't cry. Wait, don't cry, please. Because <laughs> I'll be like, because then it's like, then Chris gonna be like, why are you crying? And he gonna feel yeah. like me, and then I'm gonna have to test him and be like, yo, this is not what it is. It's not my yeah, fault. I didn't do it. I treated her really well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so the the podcast is called the Blank Project because it's an opportunity to fill in the blank with whatever we need or want and wherever we are in life. And so if you could fill in this blank space for yourself, um, what would you fill it with right now? Fill in this blank space for myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just name it. and it Like I have a blank space. You have a I need- blank space. You need it feels. You could literally, it can be here. What's the thing that you need? I need confidence. Mm. Because I... I was obedient. I wrote the book. Right. But I wasn't confident in what I wrote. I was like, it sounds good. I know, I know it works. Right. But will people receive it? Right. And I was like, you do the work, I do the rest. I guess it's time for you to go back to doing your own book. Like, (laughs) yeah. So literally, I am in a place where I know I'm in the waiting room. Yeah. God has been dealing with me. And what's funny is, Actually, yesterday I sat down and I said, I know this feeling. Mm -hmm. I know for the past maybe two or three weeks, I have been struggling. And I'm like, this is familiar. 
Yeah. And this is the place I was in when I started to shift and be like, you need to start doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. Being pruned for that next step. Literally, literally be. And I know I'm being pruned, but because I've been in the waiting room before. It's way easier this time. It is easier. Now it's a different type of waiting. Yeah, it is. But the, 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 the meat, no, the bones of yes. this book is yeah. still relevant to what it I'm dealing with. Definitely is. Yeah. So I am currently in the waiting room. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And so, um, if for some reason, you know, maybe somebody else want a little devotional, you know, they want a little vibe, all that other stuff. Uh, where they going to go to get it? Ah, so the book, <laughs> so the waiting room devotional is available on my website at all things Portia. That is all things P-O-R-S-C-H-I-A.com. Or you can get it on Amazon or on Barnes and Noble online. However, if you order it from the website, your copy is signed by me. That's and we have merch. I do have, I do have a signed copy and I <laughs> opened it up and I feel so special. So say for instance, somebody, you know, wants to talk to you, shout out an email. Yes, info at PortiaPickett.com. Mm-hmm. Info at Portia P O R S C H I A P I C K E T T dot com. For you guys that are listening, you are a visual learning learner. All her information will be in the description box. And so if anything, if you need anything, it's right there, ready for you to get. I just want to thank you again, Portia, for allowing me to speak with you, for um, scalping me just a little, and most (laughs) importantly, being obedient in writing this, because if it changes nobody else's life, it has absolutely changed mine. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. It has been a blessing. It has been confirmation once again that I am, I did what I was supposed to do. Obedience leads to blessings and you have blessed me. So thank you.